Hey, it's Michael Fabiano now with Sports Illustrated, and I'm here to help you through this wild fantasy football season. To win in fantasy, you need player rankings you can trust, and ours have received the top five accuracy award over the last three seasons. Sign up for the all-new SI Fantasy Plus at si.com slash fantasy. We even have tools that sync with your leagues and experts who are standing by answering your questions in our premium chat. Sign up for SI Fantasy Plus at si.com slash fantasy and win your leagues in 2020. That's si.com slash fantasy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 451 42 I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. Neighbor helping neighbor. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance. We help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206 206- 842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com I got something for your mind body. Hey, what's cracking Podcastville? You found the Bystander Podcast. Today, I welcome back from Helpline House, Maria Metzler. How are you today, Maria? Doing just fine. Thank you. Can you believe it? You were on this podcast 114 episodes ago. Is that so? <laughs> I don't think when we... I... Yeah. Yeah, that's when I had just started as the director of Helpline House. Yep. I think that was your first day on the job, basically. Just about. Um, that just means I don't talk to you enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with that. Yeah. Well, um, bring us up to speed, the listeners of the Bystander Podcastville out here on Bainbridge Island. Um, yeah. How difficult has 2020 been to be a nonprofit and um, organize all the things that you do? Great question. Um, in many ways, it has been just such a challenging year, I think, is as an understatement. Um, in terms of Helpline House, we also, I would not be able to talk about this year without mentioning the enormous ways the community has come together and made it as possible to be able to continue to do what we do. So just to start, I'll say 
in March, um, when everything started to shut down kind of one after another, after another, we faced a, a huge dilemma about what to do about our services. So our services are on site, they're personal, they're individualized, and that's the way we like it. And we were seeing other food banks, namely other social service agencies, schools, you know, everything going remote and closing down. And, and it was, it was a really big challenge for us. And um, I particularly, I struggled with this idea that if you have resources, you are able to still navigate the world in various ways, particularly at the grocery store, say, and go pick out your food. And yet, if you are in need of some supplemental assistance, someone else picks out your food. And I just really had a hard time with that. And, and Healthline House stayed open in a market model for longer than most area um, food banks, certainly, but other organizations stayed open while we grappled with this idea. Ultimately, we realized that it's our, our civic and community responsibility to keep everyone safe, our clients, ourselves, our staff, you know. Um, and so we did we did pivot to a curbside model for our food distribution and remote services for our case management and mental health counseling and all of that. So by phone, by telehealth. Um, and that shift was done in a day, effectively. We closed one day we put our heads together, we rolled our sleeves up, and we did it. Um, and then we've been in our curbside model with with tweaks and um, certainly learning and growing along the way, but ever since. And we've been able to have an uninterrupted, except for some smoky fire, you know, complications, but otherwise uninterrupted service throughout the rest of the year. Um, so the learnings along the way have been have been greater than our learnings in previous years. Um, and yet, as I mentioned, the flip side of that is that this community stood up and said, we wanna make sure our neighbors have their basic needs met, get the resources they need, and they have donated in droves to Helpline House in kind, but with finances, monthly donations through One Call For All, this community has made it possible for Helpline to do what we've been doing. And, and it's, and I, I, I am not surprised because of, because of this community, but I'm so, so, so proud. It's been, it's been just a wonderful response. Some of what you hear in the zoom tomb tube tomb, I should say, is that uh, Maria's still festive and has um, the jingle ball hat on. So you might hit, hit, hit a, hear a little reverb there. But um, you, you spoke about in-kind service. Can you um, talk a little bit about what that is for people that don't understand what that is? Oh, sure. In-kind is is any donation to Helpline House that's not answered. Um, Our largest in-kind that type that we receive is food. And I will say that we, you know, we rely pretty heavily on food drives, um, school food drives, community organizations, church organizations, um, the city does, you know, we rely more than I think folks might think on this community um, influx of, of non-perishable foods. And 
we were pretty uncertain what that might look like when best guidance for everyone involved is to not gather and to stay away. And we were unsure what that mean for our ability to put as many food bags and, and boxes out. With creativity, again, this community has pulled together. We have um, figured out kind of contactless drop-off for um, for food donations. People have, you know, neighborhoods have said, leave it on my porch. I'll gather it all together and I'll come drop it off. Um, schools have figured out, you know, when parents or guardians have to go either drop off or pick up work on a certain day, they can include a box of cereal or um, a bag of rice or something like that. So schools have figured out how to do these food drives in a in a safe and socially distanced way. Um, we really have still been able to have that coming in. Other types of in-kind right now, we have so many efforts. It's our holiday distribution right now. So we've got a bunch of gift cards that are being donated by the community that we turn around and right put right back out into our friends and neighbors' hands. And so um, that's just another example of what this community has done is really mobilized to get, if you will, an in-kind, like I was mentioning, item, give it to Helpline House, and we are we are the lucky ones that get to turn around and, and hand it right back out. Wow. That's awesome. Has there been, I know you got to go quickly today, but I want to rapid fire some questions with you. Yes, please. Has there been a huge increase of need for food? So Are more people seeking out your service for food specifically? Great question. Again, we are not experiencing the same levels of, um, of increase as you might see on the national news. Um, so, you know, the, the places, kind of the bigger metropolitan cities that have miles long lines and things like that, we very fortunately are not experiencing that. We have seen 120 new households for food alone since March. And that's a pretty steep, steep increase for us. Yeah. Um, and, and great. And that is exactly what we're here for. And we're, and it is a need we are able to meet and we're really happy to meet it. Um, but that number alone is higher than it has been in many years, um, indicating that some folks who haven't needed it before are in a place where they need it. And Helpline House is exactly the right place to come. Do you have a system in place where if you get excess donations that you can pass them down the line, like to Fishline and other uh, needing organizations? And how does that work? Sure thing. Uh, it's mostly informal and we're part of the Kitsap County Food Bank Coalition. So there's a lot of chatter between us about um, we got access of this product and you have this and, and some drop-offs and trading in that way. We also have been able to help um, some other organizations. You mentioned not just Fishline or perhaps other food banks. We earlier, we haven't done it recently, but earlier in the year, we were able to help out with Kayak, the Kitsap Immigration um, Assistance Center. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what the acronym is. That's acronyms for, for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they do awesome, awesome work um, with immigrants and refugees. And we were able to, uh, we had, we had some quantities of things that would be really good for larger families. And for us, we would have to break them down and re, re, um, 
re repack them into smaller amounts so that we could give them out. But we were able to pass along some of those really larger items and also some specific items to the cultures of households that they work with. So masa, for example, we had a donation of masa that was best used with them so that they could get that to a household that really needed it. So mm-hmm. we, we have been able to partner in some ways um, with other organizations that, that has worked out for all involved. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, really great. I know you guys have a lot of programs and I was wondering how, you know, it seems like there's a lot of things shut down. And one thing that you did was give vouchers for parks and rec participation. How is that looking right now? We're still able to do it. If, and what is the parks department doing? If if Parks and Rec has any um, programs that they are running at present. Um, like an so online program things, or something? Yeah, an online program. In the summer, they did have some um, youth in particular programs that were able to be outside and they could ensure a social distance. I know I had my kids signed up for a bunch of different Parks and Rec programs, hoping that they would be able to go. And, and unfortunately, they were canceled. But on the other hand, some of them were still um, were still running and were able to do that. Parks and Rec has been nothing but supportive to say that please use the vouchers if any of our programs are are still going to be taking place. Um, so it's it was particularly in the summer they kept updating it, and it was just kind of you had to the onus was on you to know if the camp you were interested in or the program you were interested in was going to proceed as described. Um, yeah, I think the only thing that we were able to participate in this year was some tennis. Yeah. Know. Right. Right. And then that got shut down pretty quick too. Right. Right. Unfortunately, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, some, something that parks and rec did um, that they, they, I think didn't have enough interest in, but when schools uh, officially went to online or distance learning, um, they set up, they, they knew that childcare would be an issue for households. And so they set up in kind of different, in different parks and rec buildings and in different buildings around, they had set up their own version of pods. Um, and so it would be a small group, you know, people would be socially distanced within whatever room or facility they were using, and they would have a, a pod leader or teacher type person there. And we were able to use for a short time while it was still going, we were able to use vouchers for that. Um, and so that it is effectively the hours that your child would have been in school. And so that really was a help for some of the households who are essential workers going to work every day, couldn't be home to facilitate the kids Zoom school. So that was great while it, while it was there. Yeah. I feel like I'm in the speed round of Jeopardy here. I got no, a lot. To... What's, what's next? What's next? Jeez. <laughs> um, Social work. <laughs> how, how are you reaching people? Um, and how many people are at large right now or homeless? However you want to term that transition in between housing have recently lost their house or actually on the streets. I know that the numbers are kind of estimate estimated through the police department and yourselves. Um, How are we looking and has it gotten substantially worse here on Bainbridge Island? So it hasn't gotten substantially worse, which is the good news. 
we think it will, which is the bad news. Um, so we, we are expecting kind of some rolling effects. And um, right now there's a lot of, you know, there's the um, eviction moratorium that's still in place. And so legally, although there are ways to, to convince people out of their homes, but legally folks can't be evicted. Um, and there's a lot of um, state, county, federal money that is being pumped into communities to keep people housed. And by and large, this is not, it, not for everyone, certainly. By and large, those monies, those programs are, are having a positive effect. Um, there, folks are still experiencing homelessness. Folks are still uh, feeling the effects of a lost job and the stress of everything and, and forcing, and they are forced to kind of be in transition. But it is not a huge spike right now. We anticipate, like I said, kind of some rolling effects in the coming months. Um, and we are prepared to be able to help in any way we can. Okay. Um, counseling, you've now gone away from one-on-one -on -one counseling. And a lot of these people, not these people, that's the wrong term, but some people um, don't have the ability to get on a telephone or a computer How's the whole counseling yeah. setup going? Yeah. So there, there's one of our tension points right there. We are for our counseling and even for our case management appointments. So for, and for financial assistance, for resource referral, things like that, everything is remote. And so you have to be able to call in or receive a call from one of our staff people. Um, or you have to have some sort of technology. We have, we, we do have a telehealth. We signed up for a telehealth service. So you would have to have some technology to be able to do what you and I are doing, Tim, which is on Zoom or on another platform that's some sort of video. Um, and you saw how hard that was for me. And exactly. So not only the technology, but the internet capability, the privacy to yeah. be able to talk through what, what is going on in your life. Um, which not everyone has right now. A lot of folks have dropped out of counseling for many of those reasons that I just said. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of people have stayed on and, and have made it work in various ways, but we have seen a decrease um, attributed to those things. Some people have, you know, on their phone, in their car, because that's the only place, you know, parked, parked on their street, but that's the only place that right. they can... Um, have a minute to kind of think through this. So if, if somebody wants to embrace technology or the telephone and get counseling, how do they go about doing that? Cause I'm, I'm they, sure there's a lot of people that are suffering from COVID fatigue and, and depression. Yeah, it's true. Our, our case managers uh, report, and this is to be expected um, that they are hitting, you know, and the, initially people were really, um, kind of collectively thinking we're going to get through this. We're just going to buckle down, put our heads down and we'll all get through this and we will all get through this. Um, but it is turning out to be a lot longer than people had thought. And so a few months ago, continuing into now is when uh, the social workers, case managers and, and mental health counselors reported a lot of, of I think what you were describing this COVID fatigue and um the ongoing anxiety, people are existing at a level 
of anxiety for months and months that's not sustainable. Um, yeah. And and anyone who feels like that can call. Um, they again, they have to be able to ha- be able to navigate a, a meeting, a, a, a session on either telehealth or on the phone. But if you can find 15, 20 minutes, you know, it doesn't have to be, we, we offer our appointments. You don't have to stay on the full hour. If you can find 15 or 20 minutes, um, you call our, our main line, um, our intake coordinator, and she will schedule you with one of our staff. And that main line's 206-842-7621, correct? Correct. And it's helplinehouse.org? Dot org. You've got it. All right. Once again, we're talking to Maria Metzler, the director of helpline services here on Bainbridge Island. So there's no lengthy onboarding. You can just talk to a counselor and make a schedule and, and go. Yeah, that's a good question. We will ask some upfront questions. Um, if you have the capability, we might ask you to, to look at our, um, our intake packet online. We have it posted online. Um, but by and large, we try to make it as absolutely painless as possible, as low barriers possible. And, um, for the most part, after you answer some, um, some questions, would you dive right in? Yeah. Also on the website, you guys have done a great job of, um, initiating self-care plans for people such as yoga, daily check-ins. I have a friend, Aaron Maryhugh, who has been part of this gratitude podcast series that I'm doing to the end of the year who does heart calls. And it seems like you have something, a daily check-in that's very similar. There's also ways to crack the boredom through cooking, yoga, crafting, arts. And I think I think that all goes to the mental health and, and self-care yeah. um, subject matter as well. Have you... S- do you have a way of seeing how many people are participating in self-care? We don't, but that's that's why we have it on there is I think what you were speaking to, there's the folks that who we talked about earlier are unable to call in or, you know, whatever their circumstances are, we wanted resources that people can still tap into. Um, and so we made sure that we have a wellness page that is updated and has all those resources on it. Um, we we can see how many unique hits we have on that page, but we can't. Ins- we don't know in particular um, how many folks are taking advantage of that. But we hope a lot. Yeah, it, it's a good service and a free one at, at that. Um, yeah, yeah. Financial services. I are you passing out stimulus checks that that our administration is not? Uh, No, we're not passing out stimulus checks, but we are certainly helping with rent and utilities and um, various other needs. And so the, what, what we want folks to know is for the most part, all of the services that we were doing prior to the pandemic, we are still doing them. It just looks a little bit different. Um, so any of the needs that you would have thought prior to come to Helpline, you should still come to Helpline and we will figure out how to do it. Um, but that coming to Helpline is a telephone call and we have to kind of um, navigate that. But the again, to to express gratitude to the community and their response have really made it possible 
to be able to increase the housing support that we are offering and increase the utility support that we are offering. Um, so we are able to mail checks to landlords and talk to PSE and, and, and get bills paid and things like that. Um, still able to do all those things. Um, you guys work closely with the senior citizen population. How challenging has that demographic been for Helpline House? In a lot of ways, they are not affected, not affected by COVID in the ways that a younger population is affected by COVID, but how they are affected is the isolation. Um, yeah, I bet. And so they have folks, you know, we have, we work with IVC Island volunteer caregivers who come on their behalf to pick up the, the food at Helpline House and deliver it to them. Um, and again, with all of these phone calls, our interaction with them now is all remote. Um, and so we are aware and there are resources to combat this, although not in, not in totally because the answer is all of us being able to congregate again. Um, but IVC has programs and the senior center has programs to do um, periodic and regular phone calls and reach out to folks. Um, and for us, we don't get to see them, but we are still providing the services, the same services we would have. Um, again, it's, it's all remote. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, what are the goals? going forward um you know vaccines down the road but it's still going to be months and months and months before we get to some sense of a new normal again yeah and who knows if additional pandemics start to rise their ugly head as well right what are the goals for your organization for the upcoming year mm -hmm. continue the course is the main goal um we have um outfitted our our curbside food distribution with a more permanent shelter type area. So our staff and, and few hardy volunteers are covered a little bit more from the rain. We've got some heaters out there um, and let folks know that we're going to continue our curbside distribution until it's safe to return to shopping. Um, but we have no intention of having any interruptions to that curbside service. So continue to get food out to people. Um, we're talking about our 2021 budget and we are hopeful that we'll be able to make some increases in the amount of financial resources going out to folks because all of these months of economic interruption just add up and add up and add up. And so um, we want to be sure that what, we are offering is meaningful and and is on the road for, for folks to stability. Um, so in the short term, our goals are really stay the course and get assistance out to folks who need it. Well, I've seen many directors over the 10 years of my existence here on Bainbridge Island, and you're doing a fabulous job. And I know Thanks, you guys do great work in the community and um, I'm super, super proud of you guys for sure. And uh, a big, strong you, supporter of you guys. Love yes, you, you are. Yes. And we are grateful. It means a lot. It really does. Thank you. Um, you know what means a lot? Handwritten card from Maria Metzler. Thank you very much. You're um, welcome. You remember my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to encourage everybody out there during this um, 
season of gratitude to make a phone call to helpline 206-842-7621, make a donation to the red envelope before the end of the year, make a direct donation to helplinehouse.org. Maria Metzler, I know you had a hard stop right now, so I'm going to let you go. I wish I could spend more time with you, give you a big hug. Agreed. Agreed. In the future, we'll do that. All right. Namaste. And thank uh, you, Tim. You've been listening to the bystander. Be kind. Thank you.